Would you locate with me in your Bible or on your phone? Uh, we're going to go at first to the new section of God's book. We're going to go to 1 Peter uh, chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. It's uh, a couple of verses here. Um, and I don't know that we always realize, oh, that, that's in the book? Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, and it's important for us, especially during times like today, to remember these verses. 1 Peter 4.12 says this, uh, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Isn't that true? Something tough, difficult, painful, and we're shocked. And he's saying, no, 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 don't be surprised uh, as though, that, well, why would this come upon? And then he explains, but rejoice inasmuch you're, you're participating in the sufferings of Christ so that you might be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Isn't that interesting? A couple verses. <laughs> don't be shocked. Bad stuff happens even to followers of Jesus Christ. Difficult situations, hurt-filled circumstances, um, and I know for a fact some of you right now, today, are in the middle of some really fiery trials, okay? Here's what I want to do. If you're in a medium, hot, to, to just intensely hot, difficult situation, can I see your hand? How many of you just say, that's me, right now? No, hold it up high because you don't have to be, I, I, this is encouraging if you look around because here's the surprise. We assume, Jose, that we're the only ones, but we're not. We're not. It, it happens all the time. Uh, challenging job situations, marriages that struggle, uh, COVID uh, situations, political things. We get bombarded by the enemy with fiery darts, Okay. And if you're here and you've been hit by a flaming missile, Ephesians 6 says that our enemy, the demons and, uh, and Satan, their leader, they, they love to strike at opportune times when you least expect it, when you're least prepared. Uh, don't be surprised. So with that in mind, turn with me now to Daniel chapter 3, would you? Uh, we're going to conclude... Uh, Chapter 3, we began it last week. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego are told when you hear the music strike, strike uh, the band strikes uh, the music, bow down. Bow down and worship the statue which represents King Nebuchadnezzar. And do you remember what, what did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say? Um, uh, we're sorry, most powerful man on earth. Uh, we know you want us to bow down and worship, but we want you to know our God, King Nebi, is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, even if we die, we want you to know we're not going to bow down. Why was that? They had already decided ahead of time, we're going to stand on Exodus 20, the, the top 10, and they're not suggestions, they are what instead? Commands, commands. So even if he chooses not to save us, we're not going to disobey God's word and bow down and worship your 90-foot-tall, silly statue. Okay? So 
That brings us up to today. They've already told the king, no, we're not going to bow down. Sorry, we're going to stand on God's word. Uh, Would you stand with me? We're going to read verses 19 to 23 out loud together. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to cover the whole rest of the chapter today. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, we'll start with verse 19. Let's declare God's word out loud together. Here we go. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Let's pray. Lord, thanks uh, for uh, recording for us historical scenes like what we just read. Thank you that we get to uh, enjoy how you work and enjoy um, how this applies to our lives. Lord, I suspect right now there are some standing right now or watching online, and they're right in the middle of a fiery trial. So, Lord, would you help us to learn today from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Uh, I believe what, what you had recorded here is exactly what we need today. Lord, help us to learn. Help us to be strengthened in our faith. Lord, encourage and comfort Lord, we need your help. And Lord, for those who might have wandered and strayed, those who are here or watching online, and the truth is, they're pretty far away from your son Jesus. Would you use your book today to draw them back? Might they realize that walking with your son Jesus Christ isn't just uh, an extra whenever we feel like it? Lord, Help us to remember we desperately need Jesus every single day, every single hour. Lord, uh, more than anything, might that be burned into our hearts and minds and wills today. And Lord, uh, we just want you to know we want to be in right relationship with you. If we're going to have anything that's going to make a difference in our lives today, we need to be clean and in right relationship with you. So, Lord, we're grateful that you marked our accounts paid in full the moment we said yes to your son Jesus and opened the door of our life. You marked our accounts paid in full. All the sin, past, present, future, is already washed and cleansed and purified. So thank you for that. But, Lord, we're going to draw on that account. And, And the money's already in the bank. It's the shed blood, and we write the check of confession right now, Jesus. Whatever you're making clear, Whatever we've said, whatever we've looked at, whatever attitude might have been ugly and nasty going on in our hearts and our minds, we're calling it what you call it. It's sin. And we confess it and we ask that you might wash and cleanse 
and purify us. We, nothing between us, no walls, no barriers that we've constructed, and now you're able to bring them down through your shed blood. Thanks for us allowing us to gather today in your church. Thanks for technology that we can be beaming this into hundreds of homes uh, right now and during this next week or two. Wow. We're blessed. We love you. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Verse 19. <laughs> uh, Nebi is so angry that he's not thinking clear. Okay? You, you ever been so angry that you just weren't thinking right? Well, that's what's going on here. He can't believe that these three would defy him. So you've got this furnace likely built into the side of a hill, okay? The side of a sand dune, if you will. Probably the same furnace that was used to uh, smelt the metal to build the 90-foot tall statue, okay? So you got this really tall statue, and now you've got this, this uh, furnace built into the side of the hill. And now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not, they're not playing along. Now, the reason he's not thinking clear is um, he orders it to heat up so much that he's actually going to kill, according to his plan, Shadrach, Meshach, a lot quicker. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's going to instantly kill them, whereas if he was thinking, he maybe should have cooled it off, and then these three would die a slower, more painful death. Do you understand? So, so he's, he's just so angry, he's not thinking. Verse 20, uh, I want my best warriors, I want the Green Beret, the Navy Seals, the Army Rangers, tie these boys up uh, and throw them into the furnace. Do you suppose those ropes were tight? Do you suppose those ropes were, I, I, I think, probably, you know, cut off all the blood? King's angry, verse 21, no time to take off their valuable clothes and humiliate them. He's so angry he wants them dead now. Got the picture? Uh, can you imagine what would have been going through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's minds? Okay, picture yourself. You're, you're there. You've stood on God's word. You've refused to defy and go against God's book. And now you're defying the king. And now you're about to get thrown into a blazing hot furnace, okay? Got that picture in your head? Just imagine. Um, again, uh, verse 22, king is furious. He's going to hurry and execute these faithful followers of Jehovah God. And he's so mad that he doesn't even care about his best warriors. Did you notice? And, and his best men who brought them to the furnace, they die. They, they literally uh, are baked alive because of King Nebi's anger, okay? Sad fact is this. This is a little extra. When powerful people get angry and do foolish things, usually there's innocent people who suffer, innocent people who are killed as a result of their behavior. Let's move on. This story only gets better. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet, okay? 
They're, they're in the fire now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he turns to his advisors and he says, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? It seems to me there was only three. They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted. I bet he didn't go as close as the soldiers who threw him in. What do you think? Yeah. Anyway, he hollered, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and now all the satraps, prefects, governors, royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and they didn't smell like fire. No smell of fire on them. Key question. Inquiry minds are crying out. Who's the fourth man? Who's the fourth man here? Who on earth showed up in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Two, two offers of uh, thoughts from different commentators. Uh, the first set, this is an angel sent from the Lord to protect and perhaps bring a message to these three. Okay? So that's the first thought. It, it's, a, it's an angel. Uh, I, I would think that, you know, one of, one of the mighty angels, but an angel has been sent from God Almighty. Second thought is this is a theophany. That's a that's a kind of a doctrinal, theological word. A theophany is an appearance of Jesus himself in the Old Testament. Okay? A theophany is when Jesus decides to go down and he himself shows up in the old section of God's book. And if, if you want to know what I think, you ready? I, I'm convinced this is Jesus. This is Jesus that showed up in the hottest furnace before the most powerful people on planet Earth. And Jesus just wanted to show all these hot shots. Hey, you want to know something? You mess with my people, I want you to know, everybody, I'm going to show up there too. Isn't that good thought? Okay? You're going to mess with my people, my children, I show up in those situations. I think he's saying to the God of Israel, you know what? I'm here don't mess with my people. He's the real deal. And that's how they would go back. Remember, they gathered from all over the world. So this was a great opportunity for them to say, you're not going to believe this. But we were there when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the middle of the fire. The guards are dead. And they come walking out. Don't mess with the God of Israel. <laughs> Don't mess with the God of the Bible. He's not to be trifled with. And their God showed up in the middle of the fire with them. What, <laughs> what a shot of encouragement. Uh, the Jews in captivity in Babylon, the Jews back in captivity under Babylon's control, um, the Jews who had just bowed down to the idol. I bet they're thinking, wow, uh, we're looking kind of bad right now. You know what they see? The God of the Bible is alive and active and he shows up with his children. Powerful, really is. Verse 28. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him, defied the king's commands, <laughs> defied me. You, you were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, again, this guy, he always goes always to the end. If you say anything against their God, you're going to be cut into pieces, your house turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. What a way to get a promotion, right? You know, what a, yeah, we, got, we got a raise. What, what did you have to do? Oh, he just had to jump in the fire. Wow. A uh, couple thoughts. Nebuchadnezzar with his lips says the right things that makes you maybe think that maybe he's a believer in Jehovah God. Uh, he, he's saying the right things. Uh, this, this God, this God of the Jews, he's the real deal. If you have your Bible, go back to 247, chapter 2. Surely your God, Daniel, is the God of gods and the Lord of kings. Now praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach. He sent his angel to protect you boys and you're fine. Uh, verse 29, nobody's going to talk poorly about the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac. Nobody's going to talk poorly if you want to live. You know what's interesting? We're going to get into this next week, but if you go to chapter 4, uh, Nebi's back to tooting his own horn. <laughs> so, so this guy's hot and cold. Uh, he's going to be banging his own drum. In chapter 4, he's going to say, I am the awesome one. I am Oz, like that. He's power. He's majesty. Y you know what that tells us? Nebuchadnezzar, like lots of us, is pretty good at talking the talk. Not so good at consistently walking the walk, okay? Um, and I don't know if that's true for you or not, but when you're really talking good about Jesus and the Bible, the question is, is that showing up in your everyday life? Okay? Nebuchadnezzar, not so much. Largely absent. And I know for me, <coughs> my job is to talk about the Bible big part of what I do is to preach and teach about Jesus and God's Word, and I hate it when God kind of taps me on the shoulder. Hey, hey, Jeff, you're, you're talking the talk, uh, but your walk isn't matching what you're preaching. You know what I'm saying? So our duty is not just to talk the talk. Oh, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm all in, and, and then not so much for the rest of the week. This is dangerous times, I want you to know. Look back, the clock is broken. So you, 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 turn, you turn a preacher loose with no clock, <laughs> I'm going to do us all a favor. I'm going to put my watch right here, okay? Because I kind of depend on that thing, and so do you, frankly. <laughs> okay, here's the question I've been wrestling with all week long. If the Lord knew... If the Lord knew he was going to rescue Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why did he make them go through the fire? Think about it. He knew it. 
You know, he, he knew already he's awesome, he's God. Why did he wait till they were in the middle of the flames to show up and rescue them? <laughs> Just think about them. Their hearts had to be beating out of their chests. If you took their blood pressure, just as you know, it it was off the charts. Uh, I'm sure their robes and their turbans, it didn't smell like smoke, but I bet they were drenched in sweat, don't you think? Uh, Might have even peed their robe, I don't know. But their fear and terror, every muscle would be flexed as they're going in, okay? So, um, Jesus, why did you wait till after... They thought they were going to die to actually show up and rescue them. Now think with me. There's lots of other ways he could have worked. He could have caused an amazing rainstorm at just the right time to come and put the fire out in the furnace. Um, He could have caused a terrific sandstorm to come and nobody could see anything and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could just kind of escape and run away. Um, he could have had the Medes and the Persians. It's the Medes and the Persians who are going to overtake Nebi, Nebi's son, actually, in Babylon. He could have had them come just at that moment, riding onto the plain of Dura and attacked. Um, or a massive earthquake at that moment, volcanic eruption, eclipse of the sun. You know what? You can come up with a lot of things. It could have spared these three men, the trauma, the strain of thinking, I'm about to die. So here's the question. Why didn't Jesus rescue them earlier from their trauma, from their fiery trial? Let me ask you a couple other questions. Why didn't Jesus rescue and come and touch Lazarus? Why did he have to actually experience death? Before Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. You know, think about it. That poor guy, he actually had to go through um, something that caused his body to die before Jesus showed up. Um, Why did Jesus send the disciples right into the middle of a storm before he says to the storm, be still? John chapter 9 why did Jesus allow this, this one man to be born blind? And it wasn't until he was a man, probably in his 30s, to Jesus to say, hey, open your eyes, you can see. Why did he have to go through maybe 30, 40 years of being blind? Why did the man with legion of demons, remember him? He's in the cemetery and everybody was scared of him. Uh, why, did, why did Jesus allow all those legions to come into him only then later to say, get out of here, go into the pigs? And the pigs went right over the hill and, and did the dead piggy float. I like that picture right there. Um, so um, why? Why, Lord, do you allow us, why did you allow so many folks in your word to go through really hard times, fiery trials, before you actually came and do what you were planning to do all along, okay? Let me give you three reasons, okay? Taking notes, here we go. Here's the three reasons. I begin with, um, other than the Bible, this is the number one selling book of all time. Anybody know what it is? 
purpose-driven life. <laughs> Rick Warren. I mean, like something like 50 million copies. Anyway, he starts off the book by saying it's not about, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. What is life really all about? You got to get this in your head. It's not about me. It's about God and his plan and his glory and letting everyone know, you know what? God is on the throne and he knows what he's doing. And that's what's happening here in Daniel chapter 3. Okay? Why are some of us in the fiery furnace today? Some of you lifted your hand. Why are you going through fiery trials? You know why? Because your trial is the best way for other people to see Jesus alive and walking with you through your life. Okay? It's not about us. It's not about my comfort. It wasn't about keeping Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so they didn't have to feel scared. It's, it's all about who? It's, it's about the Lord. Okay? Second reason why Jesus doesn't show up before they get tossed into the fire is because if it was a sandstorm, if it was a, a rainstorm, if it was an earthquake, if it was an invading army, then everybody's thinking, you know what, that was just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it was really fortunate timing, but it was just coincidental that they didn't get thrown into the fire. Give me your eyes. These three guys walked out, bottom of the furnace, no hair singed, no skin damage, no smell of smoke. It's clear the, the best soldiers Nebi had are dead. This was God. This is no coincidence, and everybody knew that. Now, we love it when God prospers and blesses, and there's no trouble, and there's no pain, and there's no fiery trial. Isn't that good? And then we're, we're all, oh, God. But I just want you to know, Usually, you don't notice it very well, and people around you aren't seeing God at work in you. It's when we go through the fire, it's when we battle cancer, when we endure the loss of loved ones, and we still love and serve Jesus, can I just tell you, that's powerful. That speaks People notice that and they say, I don't know what it is. I don't know how they got through that, but I want what they've got. That's when people sit up and pay attention. And I think people outside of the church are most attracted to Jesus, not by, oh, look at this great job. Look at all of the good stuff. No, no, they're most attracted to Jesus. Give me your eyes. When we go through fiery trials... And we still have joy. And we're still trusting Christ. And we're still following Jesus and his book strong. That's when people are noticing. You understand? Um, I think, you know, I'm thinking about all the people around here. You know them, you know. And I've listed a bunch of them, and I think I'm not going to do that. I, I'm just thinking, oh, you know, this family lost uh, this this widow lost her, but look how she walked through that time with him. You know, think about you know that person in the wheelchair, and they're still the most joyful person you know. Isn't that right, Nancy? She's watching right now. I'm just telling you, that's when Jesus shines really bright. And, and yet, 
Those are the situations we run from, we, we try so hard. No, 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 I don't want anything to do with that, and I get it. And yet, when it happens and we have no choice, the Lord shows up with us. And that's the third reason. Jesus didn't show up early is because I think he wants all of us to know down through church history, Jesus is saying, that's, that's how I always work. I, I always show up to be with my kids when they're in fiery trials. Psalm 23, can you say it with me? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Stop. Why? Why? It's the next line. Say it with me. For thou art with me. Isn't that true? Yeah. Uh, yea, though I walk, wherever I go, whatever I'm facing, in the worst, the worst valley is the valley of the shadow of death. Even that, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hmm. I think a major reason why Jesus waited to rescue these three is to shout to us, to shout to me, whenever I go through something hard, painful, fiery, I'm never alone. You're never alone. We're not. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than what? Yeah, always there. Never has been, never will be a trial, a stress, a pain, um, uh, a situation where Jesus is not going to walk through that situation with you. I promise you. Yeah. Never, never has been, never will be, and we've got to get that down on our hard drives. You know what? I know this is hard, but Jesus, you're always with me. He's always there, and that's huge, is it not? It's huge when you finally know that and believe that. The difference between Christians, followers of Jesus, and those who've never said yes to Jesus, in your eyes, is not that followers of Jesus get a free pass. That's a lie. I, I, I would never want you to believe. If anything, we get extra fiery darts and we have extra trials because we got an enemy who hates us. Do you understand? So it's not that followers of Jesus get a magic bubble and never have trouble. Here's the difference. You ready? We have a good shepherd who walks at our side no matter what we face. You understand? We have a good shepherd, and the good shepherd's name is? <laughs> and he's that fourth person in the fire, and he goes through whatever fire we face. He lives right... Where does he live, by the way? Where, where does the presence of Christ reside? Show me, where, where does Christ reside? Oh yeah, he's right here. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, lives in me, lives in you. So I want to ask one more time because I want you to apply it to yourself. How many of you right now would say, you know what? <laughs> Temperature is pretty hot in my life. I, I, I think, you know, it might not be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hot, but, but I got this really hot difficult. How many of you would say, that, that's me today? Can I, can I hold, hold your hands? Okay. I was going to have you stand. I'm giving you a break, okay? Yeah, yeah. Just understand, these lessons are for you. You need to know 
that just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jesus is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Uh, He's your shield of faith. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. You know, the fiery darts are coming in, and and you've got the Thoron. That's that big shield. And Jesus is that, that shield, our faith, our trust. We're hiding and abiding with him. And instead of hitting us, those fiery darts hit Jesus. Do you understand? I understand that it's hard, it's difficult, but the fiery darts coming my way, whatever crisis, I've got options here, right? So if you don't have Jesus, where are you going to turn? You're going to turn to some artificial pain number, okay? Jesus is the one who walks through the life's flames, fiery trials, and difficulties with us, okay? Praise be to Jesus Christ, the one who goes through life's fires with us. I want you to say that as we close. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Nice job, Rachel. I didn't know you had it up there. Okay. Okay. Now, now I want you to turn to the person next to you and just tell them that. Okay. I know you might have to look a little bit, but here we go. Praise be to Jesus Christ. The one who goes through life's fiery trials with us, Sydney. Okay? Now, if I can get that down and know that, and then when the heat in my life gets turned up, what, what do we do? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me to get through this situation. I need you. Apart from you, I'm nothing. But you and me... Me walking with you, you being my Thoron, my shield, whatever, whatever comes my way. Think about it. If the worst happens, I get to go be with you. New heaven, new earth, no pain, no tears, no sin. It's going to be great. Okay? That's the hope that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. And if you're here this morning and uh, you're in the middle of one of those fiery trials, if you're a follower of Christ, I've got great news for you. You're not alone. Never have been. Never will be. And here's what you need to know. The very same God, He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He still walks with His children through fiery trials of all varieties. Thank you, Lord. We adore you. We love you. We worship you. And I want to pray. Lots of my friends here in the family just acknowledge they're right now in the middle of a fiery trial. Would you help us today and in this week ahead to remember and to know that you're with us every step of the way? I pray, Lord, for faith and courage and comfort and peace. Might they sense your presence and your love and your goodness even when the fire 
and the furnace gets turned up seven times hotter than we're used to. And Lord, there might be some here today or watching online and when they're in the middle of a furnace fire, when they're in the middle of a painful trial, they don't have that fourth man in the furnace with them. Very well might be somebody here today and they've never invited Jesus to come take charge of their lives. They've never trusted what Jesus did for them on the cross and his shed blood, taking their place in the tomb, arising from the dead. They're missing the good shepherd at their side. Would you help them to realize, wake them up, Lord, how desperately they need the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, front and center in their lives. It's the best part of being a follower is never being alone. You know what you're doing. So if that's you, Lord, uh, would you knock real loud and give them the faith to open up the door of their life right now? Help them to believe that your son Jesus died for our greatest problem, my greatest problem, I'm a sinner. Jesus, you took our place in the tomb and early Sunday morning you victoriously arose from the dead. And right where you're at today, Receive Jesus Christ by faith. Jesus, come. I open the door of my heart. You come in. Come be my good shepherd. Be my savior, my friend, that will walk through whatever I face in the days, months, and years ahead. We love you and thank you for your book. It takes us back to uh, the core of where we need to keep our hearts and our minds focused. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray.